Welcome to Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. This is a journey by a journey which along the way will bring to you new color, new dimension, new value, and a new experience. <laughs> Broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ, this is Wide Awake Stories. Welcome to episode 007 of Wide Awake Stories. That's stories. Wide Awake Stories. <laughs> this is the secret agent edition of our podcast here at Insomniac. We've got a full house in the building right now. we got the man with the golden gun himself, Sam Yu. Bang, bang. <laughs> Yeah. We got Mr. John Ajab Ochoa. I can't top that. That's great. <laughs> That's we got Miss Moni Penny, Monica Howe in the house. Thank you for having me. And straight from Russia with love, we have Dr. Rob Seamus. Can I go with Dr. No? At least, I don't watch James Bond, but at least that's a musical You're more like a Dr. Yes than a Dr. No, though, don't you think? I'm pretty much down for whatever. Cool. I want to be octopusy. <laughs> that can be arranged. <laughs> Awkward. We have a great show for you. We're going to recap some of the magic that happened at Beyond Wonderland 2017, The Endless Sea. You're going to hear from trans producer Elon Bluestone, who played a few tracks off his forthcoming record, and we're actually going to be playing his new single, Frozen Ground. You're also going to hear from Derek Fenner, the director of Side Ops, and his team is responsible for putting all the nuts and bolts together for the festival. Yeah, speaking of odd jobs, that team does absolutely everything at our festivals. That was good. <laughs> Real good. <laughs> and our rave hotline, it's been going crazy. That phone has been ringing off the hook. You should see it. It's a gold-plated sat phone from 1990. That number, in case you don't have it, is 310-818-9406. And throughout the show, I'm going to be playing some of the track of the days we have lined up for the week. So whenever you hear my magical harp... You know those bangers are on the way. Fire. Lit, just like our rave hotline. Has everyone recovered from their, their Beyond experience? I like Friday and Saturday shows better than Saturday, Sunday shows. I, I, I would agree yeah. with you. One, you get to leave the office early, right? Yes, bonus. <laughs> Win. And you got Sunday to chill out and recover. So That's a really good point. I think I think we should petition uh, Pasquale to have only Friday and Saturday shows. Or like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday shows. And then you get <laughs> the weekend Now you're getting crazy. Now you're getting crazy. <laughs> I love the undersea theme that we went with this year. The headliners I spoke to, um, when I asked them what they liked most about the show, so many of them, if not all of them, commented that they really liked getting into the theme with their costumes, with their totems. I think people really responded well to to the endless sea theme that we had this year. I caught a res set for the first time. A whopper of a set. Yeah, it was a whopper of a set. I, I saw a few tracks at Life is Beautiful, and you could only make magic happen so much during the day in the Vegas sun in an open air tent but the vibe was just different and beyond it was just it was right it was inside one of the buildings and she killed it man yeah she really did she's got that really like 100 BPM slow stompy I mean is it too slow to be techno but it's too fast to be dubstepy it's just it's, she's really doing her own thing I think yeah and that is the key she's doing her own thing right now especially when a lot of shit sounds the same I think you just have a crush on Rez and you don't want to admit it man what are you talking about <laughs> Hashtag DJ Crush. It's the ponytail and the glasses. Yeah, I think. It's, the, it's the outer space alien. Yeah, goggles. It's the space alien vibe. Yeah, that's what does it for me. Yeah, <laughs> same, bro. You're not alone. You know who else was good that I finally got to catch? Rez. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, but uh, Soothslayer. What's her name? Soothslayer. Soothslayer. Say that five times fast. Soothslayer. She was. Uh, being propped up by MC Dino, who always does an amazing job. But man, that girl could throw down. That was the first time I ever caught her set. Our, our very own Soothslayer and MC Dino. Yeah, she works down in the video department. Speaking of secret agents. Well, we have a few DJs who are secret agent employees, too. Soothslayer is one of them. MC Dino. You know, Derek Finner is actually a secret agent because not a lot of people know what that guy's doing. So No, and you had a great interview with him. Yeah. Got to know a little bit more about the secret things that he does for us. All right, so... I'll go with the James Bond thing. Cool. Do you have a good time, John? I saw you running around chatting with a bunch of people. I definitely had a great time talking to all the headliners. I could feel the energy. Everyone was super excited about the new theme. This is the seventh Beyond Wonderland we've had in SoCal, but this year we brought the new theme, the Endless Sea. 
And that just gave room for tons of creativity through totems, candy, costumes. So to see headliners dive headfirst into this new theme was absolutely magical. Can I just stop you for a second, though? Yes. What happened to your mermaid outfit? Ah, oh, man, I ran out of time. <laughs> you were supposed to wear a mermaid outfit. Uh, merman. Merman. Merman costume, and I just... Couldn't get it back from the tailors in time? My, my mom's <laughs> a seamstress, and I haven't seen my mom in like a month, and Mama Cho is mad at me, so she was going to oh. make my costume, and... I had forgotten about that. You got to earn the merman. I guess. Damn, beyond <laughs> yeah. 2018. The sea continues. The sea continues. <laughs> John, you should have hit up Sea uh, Gypsy Couture for your outfit. They would have hooked you up. You know, I should have done that earlier for sure. I actually met up with the two girls who run Sea Gypsy Couture. And they're an online-based company of costume creators and designers who specialize in aquatic sea-themed costumes. They had amazing, amazing costumes at Beyond Wonderland. And I had a really great chat with the Sea Gypsy Couture girls. And we talked about the importance of dressing up and letting loose at festivals, which is my favorite thing to do. You can check out their outfits in an article that we ran on insomniac.com called Awesome People We Met at Beyond SoCal 2017. So if you want to see what Sea Gypsy Couture is sporting, check that article out for sure. We also caught up with a headliner named Amanda or Mandy, who became famous or, or beyond famous through a tweet that had a picture of a piece of candy that her dad made for her that said, baby be safe. She got retweeted, reposted on Facebook, and just totally trended for Beyond. Uh, so we made sure to link up with her and get the story behind the candy and uh, the way that her parents view her raving lifestyle. So we do, in fact, stock headliners on social media. We definitely look out for everything you post on social. So make noise and we will find you. We're like the rave FBI. <laughs> We're like the rave 007. Oh. Wide awake stories. Day two, Beyond Wonderland, SoCal, 2017, The Endless Sea. We have two very cool guests with us today. Can you tell us your names? My name is Jess. My name is Sophie. And where are you guys coming from? Uh, so we actually live in New Orleans, but I'm originally from Boston. And I'm from San Francisco. And I see you're decked out in a great costume. Walk us through your costumes. All right, so we actually own a costume design company called Sea Gypsy Couture. Um, Sophie started the company back in 2013. Um, today, I am wearing a jellyfish bustle and a bedazzled bodysuit. Got lots of iridescent blues and purples, and we're ready to dance the night away. So, Sea Gypsy Couture, can you tell me more about the company? Um, I started it in 2013. Um, I did it as kind of like a side gig going through my senior year of college after I had been exposed to the whole rave world and one of my favorite things about going to festivals was everyone's awesome costume. So when I started going back and getting into more festivals, I started looking for costumes and I noticed that no one really had exactly what I wanted to wear and I've always been pretty crafty and inclined to the arts. So I drove to the mall, picked up some, some rhinestones and a bra, a couple bras, and I only made them in my, my size at first because I didn't know if they were going to sell. But put them up on Etsy. Eventually, custom orders started coming in. I was making all kinds of things. And uh, we actually were at Tulane's business school and graduated with marketing degrees. We specialize in social media marketing. So when I graduated, I came back to Northern California didn't really know if I wanted to get a real job, so I decided to try and make it work with the skills that I had and my knowledge that I got in school, and luckily it took off. And I actually did the opposite. I went back home and decided I wanted to do the corporate world, found out I absolutely hated it and hated wasting my life at a desk and not using the left creative side of my brain. Um, so Sophie asked me to come down full time um, in September, so I quit my job moved down here and now we live together in our little apartment and we have our studio and the Glitter Palace, yes. <laughs> what is the Glitter Palace? The Glitter Palace is where everything C-Gypsy comes to, comes to form. It's, it's our studio. We live in like a small little apartment. There's three rooms, my bedroom, her bedroom, the kitchen, and then there's the Glitter Palace. 
Yeah, the studio has dress forms everywhere, has a desk for her to do all of her customer service and get all of her inventory ordered. And then I have my back set up with my sewing machine and my glitter trays, my rhinestone trays. It's a sparkly place. I can I can imagine. So see Gypsy Couture, is it just you two? Um, yes, when I was starting out the company, I definitely needed some help when things started to take off. So I've had um, like shop managers and customer service managers come and help me before. They were all friends of mine and they ended up going to go to nursing school and dentistry school, etc. All to follow their own dreams. So right when the last one left, it was when Jess was kind of talking about being unhappy with her job. And I was like, well, you know, we've always talked about it. If you can't stand it anymore, I would love to have you come and help me out. And it's been nice having her around because after the initial growth period when I first blew up, it was like just fulfilling orders and it wasn't as much time to like, you know, grow things and put feelers out there. And it's awesome having her here now because she's the one that gets to like run our socials and really get the Sea Gypsy world out into the world. <laughs> So how does Sea Gypsy Couture break down? Who does what? Who does designing? Who does marketing? So I do the majority of our day-to-day -day management. I do our customer service. I do our social posts. I do our all of our advertising. Um, I do our website copy, listing, shop management, that stuff. So Sophie can focus on what she does best, which is creating these beautiful designs. On top of that, like I source new products that we sell alongside of our designs, like mermaid skirts, mermaid accessories these awesome backpacks, stuff like that, so that girls can really put their full out toge outfit together with us, even if they're only getting a bra. But for the most part, I'm the creative honcho behind things and shopping, creating, getting everything done. So I'm actually wearing one of our most popular styles right now, our lotus bras. They uh, kind of have the cups cut to resemble lotus petals. And uh, I did it in one of our new iridescent textiles that we've been creating a lot of designs in. It's a pretty dark blue-green iridescent and I have a matching long sequin mermaidy skirt to go with it. Those dark siren vibes today. And Sea Gypsy Couture, your main style is aquatic theme or, or ocean theme? Yeah, we definitely have, I have a love for the sea that's deep-rooted. My parents are sea lovers. I've grown up all around the water, but mermaids have always had a special calling to me. So when I first started making bras, I didn't really necessarily have a theme to them at first, but when I, those mermaid orders started coming in, I was like, oh boy, this is, this is the stuff I really love. So, and then people have kind of noticed that too. I had a very unique take on a lot of mermaid designs and that's kind of has just become our main source of work and I've really enjoyed exploring more of the underwater realms too, doing more underwater creatures. So Beyond Wonderland, the Endless Sea was kind of perfect. We had to come. It wasn't it wasn't really a question. We saw the theme and was like, oh we gotta do this. It's perfect. It's meant to be. Are you both regular festival goers? Do you go to festivals a lot? So this is actually my first, as I would say, like real rave. I've been to festivals but not really fully like DJ based. There's usually some like other stuff going on. So I've just been loving the community and all the good vibes that are going on. Seeing everyone's costumes, I can see how Sophie was inspired to start this because it's just so beautiful. And yeah, I my first real rave was Ultra back in 2013. So I guess that's like pretty close, like four years ago. Um, and after going there and seeing, I kind of kept it low-key at my first rave, wearing like crop tops and little shorts and stuff. But after going and seeing what the possibilities really were, I, well, I obviously fell in love with the community and decided I need to go back to festivals. But I've been going back to more and more since, trying to go to more every year. So was the inspiration for the company born out of a rave or a festival? Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, it came, it came from like fitting a need of dressing myself at festivals. I didn't really, I mean, there's obviously stuff out there that I like, but nothing that really spoke to me. And especially those mermaid vibes, I needed those. So, especially from my, uh, my time going to festivals, that's what really brought the inspiration to be. Uh, so I added Somniac. One of our biggest virtues is inspiring creativity and self-expression through our headliners. Do you see that here at Beyond Wonderland? Do you see a lot of creativity, a lot of self-expression through costumes? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you look around, it's like a rainbow everywhere you look, a sparkle rainbow. It's 
that's probably one of my favorite things about coming to festivals. But um, yeah, it's awesome to see how people express themselves. And it's also really awesome for us to see when we see people wearing our items. Like, we love making women feel beautiful and feel good about themselves on their special day. So like seeing people wearing our stuff, like especially here, this is one of like the festivals we've been to lately that there's a lot of people wearing our stuff and it's just so cool seeing those girls feeling so good about themselves. Yeah, I had a moment yesterday. It was the first time I had seen someone wearing our stuff in real life that wasn't Sophie or I. And it was like, I, I started tearing up because she was just so happy and she came over and she made us, she made us special sea gypsy couture candy with seashells on them. And it just, she was like, I feel so confident and so beautiful because of what you guys have made me. And so it just really warmed my heart. And Sophie was like, yeah, it never really gets old. It's still like that amazing every time. <laughs> That's what it's all about, right? <laughs> so why, why would you think costumes at music festivals or at shows, why do you think they're so important? Um, one of my favorite things about dressing up for festivals is just the whole process of transformation. I think, I mean, you're coming into literally a wonderland and you want to make yourself wonderland ready. You got to transform into like your alter sparkle ego. Like, and it's really cool doing that personally and then seeing how everyone else does that too. Especially funny because we're pretty low-key in our day-to-day -day outfits so like leggings sweatpants sweatshirts even though we live in New Orleans um, so it's really fun to come here and like plan out our outfits we've been these have been in the making for like a few weeks now and so it's just fun to kind of start that process and really see it come to fruition on rave day absolutely rave day is the best day <laughs> uh, so I'm assuming Halloween is a busy time for you both I think it's EDC and Halloween. We, our lives are locked in the Sparkle Palace and we are, our lives are like pretty much a continuous episode of Project Runway. It's like nonstop anxiety, sparkle. Not Glitter everywhere. Glitter everywhere, no sleep. It's, it's a crazy time, but it's a fun time too. Are you both going to EDC? Are you going to bring costumes? So we are not going to EDC this year because we're going to Middleland. Oh uh, yeah! It was in Texas, so we were like, we can just road trip right there, and it's the first year, so we figured it'd be really cool to get in on the first year and see what that's like. It's really like before it blows up a little bit. You could bring some sort of like medieval themed mermaids. That'd be awesome. Medieval mermaids. We're already, we have some dragon costumes with uh, this textile, the iridescent textile. We've made a bunch of like dragon scales. Um, so we're, yeah, I was, I was a sea dragon last night. So I had a full on, um, lots of dragon stuff coming in the way. Very cool. So we'll see you both at Middlelands. Thank you for, for everything. Thank you so much. You're tuned in to Wide Awake Stories. We're sitting here at Beyond Wonderland SoCal 2017. The Endless Sea is going off. And I'm sitting here with one of our headliners, Amanda, who goes by the name Mandy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm cold. Are you cold? No, I'm too excited to be cold. <laughs> awesome, awesome. Tell me a little bit more about your story. Um, you have this really cool piece of candy that says, Baby, be safe. Dad, so you, did your dad make that for you? Yeah, so my dad made me this candy that said, baby be safe, and the story behind it is that I was visiting home for the weekend, actually to surprise him for his birthday. We had just spent all day um, golfing and shooting ranges to like just daddy-daughter activities, and um, Beyond Wonderland was coming up this weekend, it was the last weekend, and I was like, Dad, can we go to Michael's so I can get beads to make candy? And he was like, sure. And so on the drive there, I was explaining, you know, like what candy is and like how like we trade and, you know, the handshake, like peace, love, unity, respect and what it means. Um, and he was like, oh, cool. And then when we got home, I started making it and he walked up to me and he was like, can I make you one? And I was like, of course, like, sure. And he like sat down and it was super cute watching him pick out the beads. And he was like, don't peek. And I was like, OK, so I didn't look the whole time. And then he was like, OK, and he like, was like here and I was like no dad give it to me the way that we give it to each other at raves so I did the peace love unity respect and he put it on my arm and I read it and it I honestly like teared up just because my dad is like my best friend and so for him to like one support that I go to these and you know not try to stop me but just encourage me to be safe just meant so much to me 
do you think parents have a, a misconception about raves and the rave culture and like festivals and why why do you think that I think parents definitely have a misconception I think it's because a lot of times kids don't tell their parents about raves and then what the parents hear about raves is you know like oh your kid got in trouble at one and so they're telling you like oh I got in trouble at this rave or you see pictures and you know I'm sure parents like get consumed with the outfits or concerned with the outfits or you know like that the drug culture is something that's associated with raves but I think if kids like explained like that there's really no place like it like I have never in my life felt like I could be whoever like I want to be like I can just like act however I want and it's like encouraged and everyone just boosts you up here and I, there's like not many places like that in the world and I think if you explain that to your parents they would understand it. Going back to the story with your dad, did he know you were already going to raves? Did you tell him? Was he aware? Yeah. So he already knew that I was going. Actually, um, tomorrow's my birthday. and they, Happy birthday. Thank you so much. It's last day, last hours as a teenager right now. I turn 20 tomorrow. So anyways, um, they bought me this ticket for my birthday. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I couldn't. They paid for my hotel. They paid for the ticket. I have the most understanding, incredible parents. So, are your parents here? Um, like, at the rave? At the rave. No. <laughs> no. Definitely not. Do you think, what do you think they would think about Beyond Wonderland if they were to walk in here with you? With What would you think they would think about what's going on here? Um, my mom would fucking love it. She would, sorry, I don't know if you can say the F word. <laughs> okay. Um, my mom would love it. My mom is 65. She plays the drums. Um, she started five years ago just because she was like bored. She's dope. She would love it. She would be like trying to learn how to shuffle. She'd be getting down. My dad would be like, yikes. <laughs> but he would like, if he saw me being so happy, he would be happy. That's how my dad is. I think if you're, you brought your parents here, you could have a literal rave family with you. Yes. Yeah, I would, oh, I would be actually rave fam, yes. So speaking of that, like, is there a connection between like real families and rape families? Like, do you compare them? Definitely. So the people I'm here with now actually um, is a group that I met at Countdown, um, and now we have like a group chat. We talk every day. We hang out, and we're here. And like I said, tomorrow's my birthday. I open the trunk and we're unpacking at the as we're unpacking at the hotel. I have a huge birthday gift in the back. Like they. We take care of each other. We get here, we make sure you have water. Have you eaten? You know, like, do you need anything? Like, do you have gum? Like, you just check in on each other. And you care about each other. And I know that if something was wrong with me, my friends would sit down and make sure everything was okay. They put me and us first. There's, it's real family. And vice versa. You all just kind of look out for each other? Yeah, I would do anything for any of those people. And same, like, you know, I think even in the crowd, people you don't know, you would do anything for those people. Absolutely. So... Is there, when you go back home and you talk to your parents, your mom and your dad, how are you going to sum up Beyond Wonderland to them? What are you going to tell them that you learned or that you saw, that you experienced? I'm sure I'll be like, you guys, it was the most incredible weekend. I'll show them pictures, um, portrait pictures, you know. <laughs> Not the outfit pictures. Um, my mom's always like, you always take full body pictures. And I'm like, I just didn't get one. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but you know, I'll tell them that I had a great time. And I'll tell them I'm sure about the friends I made. And I'll show them the candy that I got. And, you know, the experience that I had. What does that piece of candy mean to you now? It means that I will have my parents in mind the whole time. And just make sure, you know, to have fun. But make decisions that they would not be ashamed about. Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. Yeah, how rad are those parents? They buy her ticket, they fully support. They don't quite know everything that's going on there, but that's cool that they trust their daughter. I was kind of a little envious even of her relationship with her parents, and it was so touching, that moment that she describes where he makes, where her dad makes that bracelet for her. Am I the only one in here that cried a single tear <laughs> when they heard that story? No, and I want to see YouTube video of her mom rocking out on the drums. Yes, yes. <laughs> and Mandy, you can, in fact, curse. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I took my mom and my dad to escape in 2016, and a bunch of headliners came up to my mom and gave her a bunch of candy, and they did the whole uh, raver and what did your mom candy think of that? tradition. And That's cool. She thought it was awesome. My, my mom makes costumes for a living, and her favorite part was seeing everyone dressed up, which is where I get it from. 
So this year, I swear <laughs> to the rave gods, I'm dressing up for the there rest we go. of the, our festivals. Make good with your moms. <laughs> and the Sea Gypsy Girls, I mean, what a fortunate turn of events that we had this theme for this show. I mean, it was right up their alley. Yeah, it's meant to be. I love that they just started something themselves they're, and they just, she needed something, she made it for herself and it just snowballed from there and her Etsy shop turned into something. I love Etsy. I gotta start making something on Etsy. I just bought a zine off Etsy, a Larry Levon, like the the number one or the, I forget exactly what it says, but it's the world's first superstar DJ or something like that. But yeah, it was pretty rad. Two bucks. The Sea Gypsy Girls are actually heading to Middlelands. They told me they're going to do some dragon, dragon. vibes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. There's your costume. There's my costume. <laughs> a dragon mermaid knight. <laughs> he could be a mermaid riding a dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, you know what that sound means. Jingle time. <laughs> Banger time. Sam's got track of the day bangers for us. So this first tune I have up uh, is a collaboration from Mendo and Yvonne Jenkins. Uh, between them, they've made appearances on Suara, Defected, Noir, uh, Snatch. Basically, a long list of labels that you want to be on. Uh, they've been collaborating pretty frequently and they're about to release a new two tracker on Incorrect Music, which comes out April 7th. Uh, the track that we picked up is called Hey Boy and it's a serious tech house weapon. Sam always has the hookup for all new music, but Rich, you got the hookup with the new album from Elon Bluestone. I did. I went to visit Elon Bluestone at his home studio here in LA. He's got his first full-length album coming out later this year on Anjuna Beats. He's really excited about the way that this record is coming about. It's much more in line with Sasha's Air Drawn Dagger or other sort of proper full-length concept albums, if you will, uh, from back in the day. It's not like a bunch of singles, bunch of bangers back-to-back. He's really dipping into a whole lot of different styles. I mean, even a little bit of liquid drum and bass. I don't mean to scare all you trans fans out there, but yes, Elon Bluestone is going to be dipping into a little bit of liquid drum and bass. I'm very excited to hear what that album sounds like. Did he happen to play any tracks from you from it? Yeah, he played a bunch of different tracks for me from the record, something with a little bit of an 80s flair, a little bit of side trance too. But the track that we focused on was his new single. It's called Frozen Ground. And this will be the first time that I think anyone's ever heard it apart from just a rip on YouTube. So we'll play that track for you here right after we hear from Elon himself. Wide Awake Stories, broadcasting from the Insomniac HQ. Artist Relations. We're sitting here in your home studio and you're putting together your first artist album, your first full length. Give us a little bit of a sneak peek as to what you're working on. Well, hello everyone. Um, it's me, I'm in the studio here and uh, I'm working on some new material, which is stuff which is not normally what I'm used to producing. It's more, let's just say it's more experimental. So I'm kind of figuring out where I'm going with my sound. I am now working on uh, kind of like deep house stuff, chill out, drum and bass, liquid drum and bass. Um, progressive, very experimental. I'm still trying to find my actual, where I'm going with this album, but I want this album to reach absolutely everyone. People who don't understand trance music, people who don't understand drum bass, people who can actually switch it on and can actually say, hey, you know what? I really dig this. Or at least to say, hey, you know what? I really dig at least one or two of these tracks and they can listen to it as many times as they want. I think a lot of people in this day and age feel like the full length is kind of a little bit of a lost art. You know, a lot of people just go the singles route, maybe the EP route, but you don't see a lot of artists doing, let's say what Sasha did when he did Air Drawn Dagger and having a complete 
full length album that just goes through different undulations of styles and sounds. Well, firstly, you said a really great artist there, Sasha, which is one of my favorite, a huge inspiration to me on my album work at the moment, funnily enough. Sasha has always had a crisp, very warm, very uplifting, very in-depth kind of album to a point where I really look up to that quality of sound that he he created. No one can do it like Sasha. But honestly, um, this album kind of, I wanted it to go very in-depth with the styles that I have because I wanted to create an album which is going to be sonically good. Um, as well so it's like even if i start off with a kind of like a dubstepy trance track i wanted it to continue into a journey within itself so every track is kind of like different but they all connect somehow because it's my sound what i'm finding at the moment as well especially in the in the edm scene all the music i hear right now is driving me absolutely nuts to a point where it's just sounding too repetitive or it sounds like there's a machine gun going off or there is an air raid going on don't, don't get me wrong i'm not saying all artists are you know um playing the same stuff but it is sounding very repetitive at the moment and i musically am trying to take it to that next stage where no one has kind of touched recently which is more melody melodicness goosebumps i want goosebumps on my arms i want to go out to, to a club or a rave and feel goosebumps not just groove there's great grooves out there right now great beats but not enough emotion and that is what's missing from the current sound which is what i'm going to bring you guys i'm going to bring you guys a lot of music and a lot of orgasms so that's that's what i'm going to deliver what was the last track that you heard where you got those goosebumps where you listened to a tune from someone else and you thought holy shit well one of my all-time favorite tracks which made me literally nearly cry i think from emotion was uh sun in your eyes by above and beyond that is one of the tracks that i could put on push play there's no beat to it there's no start to finish it's just a journey of complete emotion and that's something that i've always looked up to above and beyond for they give so much emotion into their music that no one else can do that and that's why i'm absolutely honored to be a part of them and to be a part of the record label because they, they just musical geniuses so yeah now you didn't used to always be on the Injuna Beats family. You you kind of had a circuitous uh, origin story on how you got there, but there is some connection there. Can you tell us a little bit about how that relationship came about? It's a good story. We all have to start somewhere at the low, low bottom. And I started very, very low. I'm 31 years old now, and I've always wanted to do music. It's been a very, very long, tough journey, but we've all got to start somewhere. So I started... Uh, at a point where I was working for certain assholes who basically were using me to produce music for them. Yes, I got paid, but it was very, very minimal. It was very, very minimal. And it was at a point where I was very, very... Uh, I was struggling. I was at university, couldn't afford to pay rent, couldn't afford to pay bills. We all start somewhere. And um, I was working for a certain someone who basically put me in touch with another artist and we did some cheesy videos and cheesy music in the past. I was told to produce for this certain person and that actually opened up the doors uh, to various different labels because one of the artists that I worked with was uh, very much liked by other artists. So yeah that kind of opened up the door and um, it was from there and upwards that I, I i knew that trance music was always my side of and my kind of strong point in in production and i knew trance was my way forward and not cheesy dance music and not cheesy any music and i knew that i needed to um come up with something which is going to make record labels identify me for my own sound so i started off um originally i started off with enhanced recordings um, and that's kind of like how I got into the Anjuna Beats um, playlist because they heard my stuff and they're like, who is this guy? And then uh, I started producing some music with a good friend of mine called Mao Levy, who produces um, a lot of trance music and a lot of uh, dubstep as well these days, or as you'd call it, trap. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how I got involved and uh, slowly, slowly I started producing more stuff for Anjuna Beats and uh, I became part of the family and it's been an absolute amazing journey. Um, so far it's been absolutely crazy to be even identified in uh, McDonald's in California uh, or any other random places where I get identified. It's, it's been like crazy, so I'm absolutely honored to be here. 
Trance is definitely one of the genres of electronic music that's been enjoying a huge upswing over the last couple of years. Tell me a little bit about what it's like riding that wave on your own with the Injuna Beats family and just with a whole collective of, of trance producers and DJs. Well, firstly, let me say trance. That is what's up, right? Trance is absolutely blowing up in every way possible to a point where people who've never heard of trance are accepting it. It's a very alien word, let's just say. You tell someone that you make trance music, they're like, what the hell is trance? Trance music for me is a mixture of emotion. That's the way I see it. When you're trancing out, you are literally in your own world, in your own vibe, completely emotionally involved in the music. That's when you go on a journey and that's what trance music is about. So when you tell someone you, you make trance music, they kind of get scared and like, hey man, what is what is trance, man? I never heard that shit. Then it's just like, dude, just accept it. Try and put it on, have a little listen. It's blown up in every way whatsoever, especially in the US because it's not too headbanging. It's not too crazy. It's very emotional. You know, there's a lot of emotion involved in the music. And it takes you on a journey that can give you goosebumps. If you if you get pretty much uh, your arm hair standing up, you know that you're in a good vibe, right? And this is what trance music does. And it's only getting bigger and bigger and bigger. I think the United States have only kind of realized that it's really been big. It's been big for years. And I've, I love how it's absolutely exploded here. You've got a single coming out to support the album. The single's called Frozen Ground. We're gonna hear it right now on the show. Tell us a little bit about where that track came from, your kind of inspiration behind that track and, and how much fun that's been to put together in the studio and play out. Frozen Ground uh, was a track that me and Giuseppe got written in the studio. I mean, we sat in the studio together and we were basically, let's make another follow-up to Bigger Than Love. Bigger Than Love did extremely well and we wanted something to match it or, you know, at least, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very hard song to beat, I think, Bigger Than Love. and. Frozen Ground for us is that next wave above, I think. Um, it went off really, really well at ABGT uh, 200. I played it with uh, Bea just after Above and Beyond, and it just went off. So it's on uh, the YouTube video uh, from my set, uh, ABGT 200 from uh, Amsterdam. Um, the single is part of the album which is going to like I said earlier it's, it's going to be very very mixed so it's going to be a bit of dance trance a bit of house a bit of deep a bit of li liquid drum bass there's going to be lots of variety on this album but Frozen Ground is a solid record and me and Giuseppe we wanted to go through that the song lyrics behind it all say it all it's kind of like this sound from this track is taking me on forever and that's what frozen ground is about you listen to this song you're in a festival you hear this sound that comes above you and you're just like geez wow what is this you know and that's what the song is pretty much about frozen ground i feel that sound forever that is the lyric Ground now. 
Wide Awake Stories. So Sam, how does Frozen Ground rate for you on the banger uh, meter? That is 100% a future anthem. So it was a banger, but did you have an orgasm? Is what I want to know. Pretty lofty ambitions for him on this record, right? Yeah, he's a full service producer. Music and the big O. You know, and if you did have an orgasm, we want to hear from you. Uh, <laughs> call up the Wide Awake Hotline, 310-818-9406. Just set the phone on the table. Hit on vibrate. And reenact it for us. Or find us on Facebook and Twitter at insomniac.com. Hashtag Wide Awake Stories. Hashtag Elon Orgasm. <laughs> Speaking of O faces, Sam, it's time for a banger. If there's one thing that really gets my motor running, it's bass music. This next bit is coming out on Dat6's Firepower imprint, and the person who made it has been running with them for a very long time. He goes by the name of Init. He's dropping a new EP by the name of Hornets, and we've taken the cut uh, Choppas, which is this really heavy, heavy dubstep tune. Uh, I'd say 10 out of 10 bass heads would headbang. Wide Awake Stories. Sam, you definitely uh, smashed the living daylights out of that selection, for sure. Is that a Bond joke? It, it may We've be. got lots of Bond jokes, apparently. What's the Bond <laughs> joke uh, counter at so far? I think we're, we're about six, seven, six, maybe? Seven. Double of seven. Oh, <laughs> damn. And a That counts, too. <laughs> for our next segment, Rob over here linked up with Derek Finner from the Site Ops crew. If you've been to our Insomniac shows, pretty much everything you see around you is either put up or helped along by the side ops team. Probably if the show's going really well, you don't know they're there. Exactly. Yeah, he was 24 years old when he joined the team, and, and that was back in 2008, and it all came from an autistic show that he was doing. He just happened to be there, and they said, hey, we need help, and they start pointing at cases, telling him to move this here, move that there, and that's how his kind of career started with Insomniac. And, and one of the funny things about Derek is he's also a drum and bass DJ. I've known he's a drum and bass DJ for a while, but then seeing him at Beyond, he was on the winch playing a house set. Apparently, he goes under the moniker Hush for the Cats and Boots crew that does a lot of our art cars, and that's kind of where the story picks up. He's given a little backdrop on how Hush came to be. Wide Awake Stories. Experience Creators. So there's actually a funny story behind the whole thing. Um, our good friend Forrest, who's the executive producer for Insomniac, he hates the fact that I play house because it's such a big drum and bass aficionado. So it always became a very big secret when I would play a drum and bass set, or I'm sorry, a house set under my name. So I would tell people, I said, hey, you know, I'm, I'm playing eight to nine or whatever I'm gonna do, but don't tell Forrest. So, you know, it's gotta be a secret. And everybody kept saying, hush, hush. And that's actually where the name came from. And it's just kind of stuck. What we're really here to talk about is your job at SideOps because in all reality, you probably have one of the most demanding jobs and yet it's something that most people, most headliners probably have no idea that you're here doing your thing or that you have a team here. And I guess, can you break down kind of what SideOps is all about? The basis of the site operations aspect at, in, at an Insomniac Festival is we, we are here from the beginning until the very last day. We, we are the first in and the last out. We deal with every single aspect of every little thing that steps on to this festival, whether it be a fence or a bathroom or a golf cart or something as simple as, you know, hey, you need to deal with these RVs all the way to like dealing with emergencies during the show, liaising with the fire department, working with police, coordinating with the traffic teams, like every single department that comes in here deals with us in one way or another. We are that team that 
I hope, can rely on to help them in whatever it is that they need to get done at this festival. When I first started in the cider operations aspect, there were four of us, and now at certain festivals, we're upwards of 60, 60 people, and sometimes it's not enough. So this show is more or less like a 25-person show, but whereas Vegas is, is upwards of 60. There is so much to do at these festivals, and it's, it's one of those things where any variable can throw a major curveball for a festival uh, like this and can cause a, a major problem. And one of my one of my jobs is to try to predict those things and try to prevent that from causing an issue at the show. People here are very detail oriented. So they see little things and they always think that everything needs addressing, but there's really only so much that you can do about something. I, I can't go and repave a parking lot to where sometimes you get a call and you really have no idea what to do because you've never encountered this situation before. And after doing this for so many years, there are very few of those, but there is always one. There's always that one call where you're like, okay, that's a first. Like last night, we had uh, one of our seahorses in the lake. It tipped over and the call was absolutely hilarious. And I, I got a call that said, we have a dead seahorse floating in the lake. And it really caught me off guard and I, I laughed pretty hard about it. One of the major issues that I think a lot of people are still talking about is when the base pod caught on fire at EDC Vegas last year. I remember I was in my trailer uh, having dinner at that point and a very good friend of mine Andy C was just getting ready to go on and I, I got a call on the radio saying the base pod is on fire and I actually laughed and I said yeah I, I know because of the because of all the flame cannons I didn't exactly take that literally and they said no that the, the base pod is actually on fire and I remember I dropped my plate I ran out I grabbed every guy that I could possibly grab and threw him in my cart and drove extremely quickly over there the amazing part about it was my team were already there uh, we had the stage cleared immediately had people up in boom lifts with the fire department to put it out and I think it was somewhere around 52 minutes we evacuated the stage had the fire contained and reopened it there's a lot to be said about that there could have been a lot of panic and that could have gone very very poorly um, but because of the the intense training that a lot of these guys have had from all different departments that are that were involved that was you know turning a Taking a really big situation like that was was very uh, was very simple to deal with. Insomniac has so many different variations of shows. There's there is in the enhanced Insomniac concert series, you know, which are very simple. That's a, that's like a like a two day load in, you know, very little prep, one stage, and then you come into a show like this where it's a week and a half load in and a week out. Vegas, on the other hand, is collectively about five and a half weeks. It is a really long time, and I actually live on site, so I rarely leave. That racetrack becomes my home, and I have no idea what is beyond those walls, <laughs> and unless it's in the, the desolate parking lot. But it's night and day. I mean, that, that festival is an absolute beast. It's different every year. It's a well-oiled machine, but regardless of how well you do it, the, the length and the amount of work that goes into that show is, you can't compare anything else to that. And when I go into the racetrack and I see the transformation, it's a very slow moving progress when you're on the ground and you're seeing it from a very grounded aspect. And one of the notorious photos of Vegas is the the aerial shot that is a completely barren racetrack to a night photo of everything lit up. It's absolutely incredible as to what it is that we do with that. Seeing that go day by day, it's very slow paced because it is such a very large scale, but it's all the small puzzle pieces that get put together to make that overall image. When I go in there and there's still races going on and I, I'm, I'm waking up to the race cars going around the track, I'm hearing that and it's just, it's just a consistent drone to where that is getting faded out to where now that NASCAR is turning into the the subs at stage one and everything is just going very seamlessly and then it goes back again where those subs go away and then that racetrack comes back and it, it comes and goes before you know it for me Vegas is is one of my favorites if not my 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 favorite because it, it is always such a very big challenge. Everything is a learning experience. There's always something that I can learn, which I, which I love doing. I mean, there's, you're never gonna master this. It is impossible to perfect this. There is always going to be something that you can 
improve on. It is a privilege to work here and do these shows. And especially when you have gotten to a point to where it's like, okay, you know what? I can relax. The doors are open. I do enjoy going around to all these different sets and, and checking out different DJs and, and seeing artists that I've never seen play before. Like yesterday, I was actually able to enjoy about four or five different sets. And I actually spent the majority of the night walking around and checking stuff out. That That is one of the biggest things because when you actually get to complete your job and you open the doors and you say, okay, I did it, and you're responding to very small calls and stuff during the show, hoping that that big one doesn't come, your downtime consists of walking around the show and actually being able to enjoy something and see what it is that you've actually built and what you've created. And it's pretty amazing because somebody that's in the festival industry for so long can very easily be jaded you know, seeing the expression on the headliners' faces and stuff and seeing that they're having an amazing time, that's a really big payoff. It's very inspiring. And I think the biggest satisfaction is being able to step into the role to where I can try to make an even better experience for the fan that I was never able to get. And then also, there's a lot of pride that goes into it. You know, being a DJ that goes on that stage, you, you have a little bit larger of a stake in this. I mean, you're gonna be representing yourself on that stage and you want it to be as best as it possibly can be. You want to put in that extra work and go that extra mile of doing everything that needs to be done in order to do it right or do it better than the last time. And that's to be said about the rest of my crew. I mean, the majority of my crew members are music producers or DJs or something and they all play here. There is a lot of pride in there. They want to make it the best that they possibly can. They're, they're fans as well. So they look at it from that aspect and say, this could be so much cooler. What can we do in order to do that? I think the biggest thing is you just really have to be eager in order to be a part of these festivals. I mean, you have to be willing to do whatever it takes in order for these festivals to happen. There is a very, very, very long list of people that, have, that want to be a part of the team, but it, it is a very tight-knit team. Outside of work, we're with each other every day. Some of us live together. Our wives and girlfriends are all very close. It's like, it's like, it's like the military in a sense. Like we call them the wives of side ops. They're, they all get together and hang out and do all this stuff while we're all at work. You really don't have a choice. You're gonna like each other at, at one way or another. You're gonna grow to love each other because you're gonna go through all these different experiences together that you will never share with anybody else in your life. And that creates that bond where you can really rely on that person, which again, I don't think many people really get to experience. It's amazing how these, how these relationships develop where you can meet a total random person at a show or talk to somebody over email and a year later, you know, this is your best friend. Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. I'm so impressed by what that crew does. I mean, everything from getting on rigging to operating heavy machinery and forklifts and cherry pickers. I mean, those guys do it all. I loved hearing about the dead seahorse in the pond. I mean, one of my favorite things about working at Insomniac is listening to the Performer Channel and all the ridiculousness that goes on behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, I appreciated that one a little bit. Yeah, it's a reminder that we really have the best jobs on earth. You're tuned in to Wide Awake Stories from Insomniac. So hey, headliners, let us know what you thought about these stories that you've heard. Call us on our Wide Awake hotline. Rich, what is that number? 310-818-9406. Give it to me again. 310-818-9406. Tell us anything. And we actually have had quite a lot of messages recently. Our phone is blowing up. So let's listen to some of those now. Hi, this is Kendall Tang. I'm calling to you from um, SoCal. I'd like to be a contestant for the free two EDC tickets. <laughs> um, I would want to go because it's fucking lit. EDC is lit. What else can I say? So please consider me for uh, the ticket. Thanks, man. Peace. Oh my god, in Tommy at event, I still can't get over Beyond. The fucking vibes and the production and the music was so on point. You guys are seriously the best, and I don't know what I'll do without you guys. Thank you so much. And I can't wait for you to see this year, so... See you guys under the electric sky. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. So yeah, um, got my EDC ticket, you know. Um, waiting for something now. And I only have to say one thing. I'm fucking Yo, you know, I'm calling out from the Bay Area. Excited for EDC in Las Vegas. Looking forward to it. Hopefully there's Galantis. We got 
DJ Snake hopefully Square X this year. I'm excited to see this lineup. Um, when is it going to come out? When is the EDC 2017 Las Vegas lineup going to come out? I'm going to be there raging with my boys. Let me know. Thank you. Did it beep? Hello? Well, I have a complaint and a worry. Oh, wait. Is this about EDC? Oh, I thought it was about my life. <laughs> no, I was about to like. Okay. EDC? When are you releasing the EDC lineup? Get back to me. I repeat. Get back to me. Wide awake stories. I think Pasquale should just call her and actually ask what's going on in her life. That's what I think so, too. I, I was so concerned because she seemed so ready to talk about like a big issue in her life. And I was like, oh, this is about EDC. I want to know about the lineup. We want to know about your life. Yeah. What's going on there? And we're very understanding people. We might have, we might be able to help. We are. Her. We talk a lot, but we love to listen. <laughs> Thank you so much for leaving those messages. Uh, but I do have to say, you know, this is Wide Awake Stories. We want you to leave us a story. Tell us about the night that you fell in love with dance music. Tell us about the night that you ran into some random person at a festival that became your lifelong festival buddy. You, now you can't go to shows without them. And with everyone so excited to hear the EDC lineup, tell us about your favorite DJ moment at EDC in the past. What is the most indelible memory you have from, from EDC Vegas? Summertime's coming up. You can leave your favorite barbecue recipe, plur potatoes, candy corn. Uh, candy corn? Dad jokes. <laughs> we got them. Give us a call. Let us know what you're enjoying on the show and what you want to hear in the future. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at insomniac.com. Hashtag Wide Awake Stories. And if you want to hear more bangers, we do have bangers for days. Uh, we're actually going to check in with Dr. Banger himself, <laughs> Mr. Sam Yu, the man with the license to kill you with tracks. The last selection I have from the Track of the Day series is guaranteed to make the... <laughs> uh, is guaranteed to make the sky fall. Damn! Sam dropping the 007 jokes. This last one is from DC Breaks, and if you've been following them at all, they've been holding it down in the drum and bass scene for about 10 years now, but they're actually releasing their debut artist album. Is it the album out now? Yeah, the album actually came out yesterday on Ram Records, who they've been rolling with for quite some time now. Um, and of the 15 tracks that are on the LP, the standout cut, at least in my mind, is Step Up and it's this really gnarly jump up tune so hopefully you enjoy we're gonna let this track ride out this episode we will see you next month for another edition of wide awake stories peace <laughs> Where we go, people know me.